Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com. Good morning and welcome to Discovery. I'm Bill Hutchison, Program Coordinator for Broadcast Journalism at Seneca College. This week we have three student podcasts for you. An Oscar-nominated film, fashion and makeup, and up first, a look at the Raptors. Host McLeod Roy and his guests talk about what's left of the NBA season for Toronto in Jurassic North. This is Bosch on Howard at three. What do you? What is your takeaway from this season? What are, What are the Raptors to do for the rest of the season? What are you looking for? What I'm looking for for the rest of the season with the Raptors is uh, their style of play. I think the way if they're competitive for the last few games, it's 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 a testament to what we could see in the future. If we could get into that play-in tournament, which I believe is um, eight, nine, and ten, if I'm correct, I believe so. Might have to might have to fact check me on that one. If we can get in there, I think our young guys. Um, can get uh, quote-unquote playoff experience or play games that truly, truly matter. And I think that'll be good for them going forward. Um, so I need to see playing time from our young guys. And going forward, I need us to be competitive for the rest of the season. You know, it's season definitely did not pan out the way we wanted to. But um, if we could finish strong and have our uh, bright young stars play the way we want them to be playing, then I think we could be optimistic going into next season. Do you not feel, though, that this whole season was just kind of a write-off for the Raptors, not being in Toronto, having to go all the way down to Florida, basically being the only Canadians in Florida over the winter months and then into spring now, that there really wasn't... This, this is I struggle with whether or not this is going to be our most memorable or forgettable season in recent memory. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Oh, man, I, I would I hate s- saying that you know potentially Kyle's last season is not a memorable one at all. But with the circumstances of us being in Tampa, not being at home, not playing with any fans, you can definitely make a case that it's not going to be memorable and most Raptor fans would want to say they want to wash this one out of their memory. I'm going to divert from this topic just ever so slightly. Uh, With all the additions that Brooklyn made, much to the lamentation of damn near every fan out there, (laughs) is it just a given that the championship is theirs here? (laughs) I would say, okay, so I would say not so fast, but you're almost there. Uh, I think, I think, you know, depending on what happens with uh, LeBron and AD injury wise, they're going to give them a run for their money, uh, come playoff time. That's just how it always goes. So the road to the championship always will have to go through, uh, LA, the Lakers. Um, but on the East, I'm telling you, man, it's a shoe win. 
to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who's challenging them in the East? I don't think anybody. By their record, you would say Philly. Um, right now, in the second round, they would match up against Milwaukee, which would be quite interesting yeah. if for no other reason than to just see uh, Atentacumpo guarding Kevin Durant. KD, yeah. Because if yeah. you're talking about a guy physically equipped to guard Durant, that's probably the guy. Yeah. Yeah. But after Durant, if you take him away, well, now you got to take James Harden away. Well, you can't take him away. You also got to take away Kyrie Kyrie. Irving. And then LaMarcus Aldridge and Joe Harris and Blake Griffin. Insane. 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 Yeah. No, they're they're clicking it on all cylinders. And it looks like by the past few games, too, as well, they're starting to get their legs underneath them. They're starting to learn how to play with one another uh, very slowly. And it's they're peaking at the right time, it seems to me. Uh, so, yeah, I don't see anybody in the East uh, challenging them at all. At all. Um, yeah. You know. Do you think they, uh, they may be... So do you think they clean sweep through the East, undefeated, similar to the no, Lakers no, 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 in the no. 2000s? No, 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 no. Uh, no, I would not put my money on that. Um, you know, a seven-game series, you're bound to lose one or two. Uh, that's just how the that's just how it works, no matter how good you are. Um, yeah, maybe I could see them sweep uh, in the first round. Um, but you said they're playing Milwaukee. In the first round. In the second round. In the first round, it would actually be the Battle of New York State versus the Knicks. Uh, Okay, well. Which would not be much of a battle. It'd maybe be a skirmish. That would, yeah. That would actually be pretty embarrassing for the Knicks, uh, I would say. Maybe a game or two, they would be pretty competitive. But closing time, um, you know, they have too many weapons to... I mean, how bad do you feel for the Knicks? They're finally back in it, and they get matched up against that team. The Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's uh, yeah, just their luck, eh? Yeah. Well, hey, maybe maybe it's a good lesson for their young guys as well because you know they're a young and exciting team to watch, uh, and have been showing promise as of late. So hey, uh, probably a good experience to lose to uh, the to a powerhouse like Brooklyn right now. Yeah. Who's your dark horse in the West? The Portland Trailblazers. I would put my money on them uh, to upset uh, a few teams. And Interesting. Maybe, Why maybe is that? See their way into the Western Conference Finals. Well, so I like the Norm deal. Short term, I think the, uh, the 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 Blazers won that deal because Norm is balling out of his mind right now. Uh, Dame Lillard can't count him out. Can never count him out. That guy is a certified shot maker, man. Uh, it doesn't look like the Warriors will be uh, in the playoffs. They'll be in the play-in tournament, but they won't be in the playoffs uh, as as it looks like right now. Uh, so when you're talking about clutch shooters and people who make buckets when it's time to make buckets, man, Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, they've been known to do that. And, you know, let's see, let's see who they would be facing in the playoffs if it started today well okay they'd be facing the lakers it looks like which uh can't really no no portland would be facing the clippers uh you're right yeah my bad you're right yeah it it would be it would be the clippers (sighs) 
Playoff <laughs> P. It could happen. Yeah, playoff pal. <laughs> we know we know what that's like. Playoff pal. Oh man. Yeah. No, no, I mean what? playoff uh Paul. Oh, pandemic Paul. No, we yes. call him pandemic P. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Known to not show up in the playoffs. Yes. Uh yeah, pandemic P. Oh man. That would that would be a shame to to see um him fold in the playoffs for another year. The it would be it would potentially be I don't want to say career ending, but it would be career altering. If he responds in this playoffs and performs to his capabilities, that can really restore his reputation. But if he doesn't, yeah, he might be out on his way out of the uh, out of L.A. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe to Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) By the looks of it, right now, maybe nothing surprises me anymore. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I hey, listen, like that. If PG does not get it going in the playoffs this year, uh, the Kawhi PG experiment was certainly a big fail because that team is championship or bust right now, as constructed. And with the addition of Rondo, we know Rondo can is known to turn it on in the playoffs. Playoff playoff Rondo is also a thing. Yes. Uh, so. I think the Blazers and the Clippers could go down to a game seven, and after that, all bets are off. Um, that's that's a close matchup, man. They match up really well with the Clippers. Yeah, Portland's record is thirty and nineteen. LA yeah. is thirty two and eighteen. So they're a lot. They're separated by three spots, but yeah, it's a lot closer a really than it matchup. looks. It's a really good matchup. I think there's a in addition to that matchup. I think there's there's an a, there's a chance potentially for a lot of upsets in the Western Conference. Yes, sure. I think Dallas at number seven versus Phoenix is a matchup to watch. Yeah, because yep. yes, you have Chris Paul and he's a a great leader, but everybody else on that team is a young guy who's yep. never been there before. And we've already, I mean, I know that Dallas is a young team, but we've already seen them ball out and show up in the playoffs. And this is going to be Luka's second time going there. So I I think that there's a potential there for an upset. I think that could go seven games. Uh, And depending on, let's assume all the matchups stay the same and everybody stays in their same slot, it would be LA, the Lakers versus Denver. And we'll have to see who shows up for the Lakers who's actually available to them. Because if they're missing one guy, any one major guy, then I think, I mean, if it's just LeBron, can they beat Denver in a seven-game series? Man, tough. If they did that, that would be unbelievable. That tough to call. That, that yeah, that would be that would be pretty unreal if <laughs> LeBron was able to do that. Um, but think about this: what if it was AD instead of LeBron that they had available in the first round? Then I think they're they're toast. You think they're toast, eh? Yeah, I, AD's a great player, but he cannot carry a team on his own. Now, on the flip side, if it is just LeBron. And they lose. This would be the first time he was ever out in the first round. 
and you know maybe this is the first year where that finally happens uh, I think we could use a little history uh, I would rather it is not a James Harden year than a LeBron year but I'll take what I can get at this point and that's going to wrap up our penultimate episode of Jurassic North stay tuned for part 2 our final culminating episode with Raphael Root and McLeod Roy this was Say News If you would like to hear more of our student podcast, go to SenecaJournalism.ca. Up next, Fashion Cup of Tea with hosts Mikhail Tross and Camila Suhanova. Welcome to Fashion Cup of Tea, where we talk about the in and outs of the fashion industry. And its impacts on society and how it helps mold our identity. On today's podcast, we are going to discuss the importance of makeup in the fashion industry, along with tips and tricks on how to find the perfect shade of foundation. Many people choose to wear makeup in their day-to-day life. We tend to choose a kind of makeup that matches our clothes, for example, a specific shade of lipstick or a winged liner. There's already a link in our minds between clothing and makeup when we're getting dressed for the day. We are going to discuss the importance of makeup with Desiree Grant, a makeup artist from Toronto. I know makeup is not easy as it may seem, whether that's applying it on yourself or on other clients. So for you as a makeup artist, it is definitely much harder not to make any mistakes. So can you tell us some challenges you faced in your career? Um, one challenge I had when I first started was getting to know all the different types of skin and people that you're working with because going from just being like an enthusiast doing makeup on myself and then realizing that everybody's skin does not behave the way that mine does it's different skin types different eye shapes different face shapes that was um something that was difficult to learn but i mean it wasn't difficult to learn but it was definitely a, there was a learning curve so i had to get used to looking at different people and look like how having a plan like how i'm going to do my job um and then also coming out of that setting into working like as professionally was you know making the connections is hard so i was like where do i even start it's one thing that gives the trouble in makeup i think to all people is finding the perfect shade of foundation or concealer i would say for me um my skin would get very pale in the winter but I would tan in the summer and that would throw off my entire foundation color. So what are some tips and tricks on how to find, you know, the perfect shade of foundation? That's something a lot of people struggle with is foundation. When I was working mainly in the retail setting, that was something that I got probably the most questions about is what foundation, what color? I don't know how to color match myself. One thing that I really liked was like, um, what metals look best on you? If you silvers look better on you, you're likely cool tone. Or if gold looks better on you, you're warm. And then if you can look work both, you're most likely neutral. I heard that concept of your explanation, and I can say trying to match colors by metals actually works. I'm more a silver person, but sometimes I apply gold shades for special occasions. Uh, what about you, Michaela? Yeah, I would say gold jewelry looks the best on me. 
So I guess in that case, I would lean more towards warmer shades. And we know that makeup can be, you know, hard to master with finding the right shade, etc. But it could also play a role when we find an outfit to go with the makeup and vice versa. So can you tell us how how does makeup play a role in the fashion industry? Yeah, makeup and fashion absolutely are like this. Like when you think of like actual like runway shows, yeah. you think of magazines, editorials, like makeup plays a huge part in going with whatever garments they're showing because you don't ever see like a makeup, like a fashion show with no makeup, right? Like there's, that's why like some of my favorite artists, that's what they do. They do runway and they do crazy looks that go with the pieces that are um, going down the runway. Yes, I totally agree with that. Sometimes makeup is one thing that makes the whole outfit look so special, even on runways. Previously, we discussed how personal style can influence our confidence. So to continue that topic, do you think makeup plays a big role on self-esteem specifically? It absolutely can play a part in self-esteem. So when talking about that, I'm always like, okay, let's... <laughs> because... A lot of people do use makeup to up their self-esteem. They might have some insecurities. You want to cover a blemish or maybe like me, your under eyes are a little bit dark and you don't feel so great. So that it can really help um, a lot with just making you feel a little bit more lifted and confident about your day. So no one's really looking at those under eyes or, you know, like they're not like, you know, looking at your discoloration or whatever it is that you might be insecure about. Now, for me, it's played a part in my self-esteem that one, like my artistry has grown. I'm like, wow, okay, I can feel really good about this. And also, even before I was professional professional makeup artist, I used it as just a way to express myself. I never really needed it to cover anything. I was, you know, as a teenager, I was pretty lucky that it wasn't really about like acne or anything like that which a lot of people have come to me that is their issue that's why they're looking to get into makeup because they want to cover it and just feel a little bit more comfortable but for me it was just like a way to express myself overall makeup can play a big role in the fashion industry as well as the way we feel about ourselves the only thing that we all should remember is that we are applying makeup for ourselves and not for anybody else Thank you, Desiree, so much for being here with us and sharing your expert's point of view as a makeup artist. Thank you for listening to Fashion Cup of Tea with Makayla and Camila. Tune in next week. And finally, NSR, a trifecta. Noah, Sama, and Rashona discuss one of the Oscar-nominated films. Hi, and welcome to the NSR Trifecta podcast. We're your hosts... Noah, which, which is the N in the podcast name. Sama, which is the S in the podcast name. And Rashana, which is the R in the podcast name. We are all college students that love watching TV shows and movies, especially to get us through the pandemic we're in right now. This is a podcast where we discuss all things TV and movies, from upcoming films and TV shows that are in the works to latest releases, and even films and TV shows from previous years that we've never seen before. Let's talk about the film of the week. The Oscars are about a month away, and a lot of the films that were nominated were from streaming platforms like Amazon Prime and Netflix. 
So one of the films that was nominated was Minari, and it recently won a Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film. And it was nominated for six Oscars, and one of them is for Best Picture. The film is directed by Lee Isaac Chung, and it takes place in the 1980s. So it's about a family who moves to a farm in Arkansas, and they start a new life. And it talks about the importance of family and the American dream. And also, congratulations to Stephen Young, Yun, who is the first Asian American actor to be nominated in the Best Actor category. Kind of cool. So, guys, what's your initial reaction to the film? And would you recommend people to skip or stream this uh, film? It, this this movie to me. Personally, was a nightmare, but like a good kind of nightmare, like a nightmare that like you, it, it's like a nightmare that you like really appreciate uh, your brain for like coming up with the story, but at the same time, it's horrible and awful in every single way because I, I'm a I'm a very uh, uh, anxious person, and this movie just added a lot of stress to my life. The things, the things that happens to these characters in this in this movie, it's 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 so bad. It's so bad. It, it's 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 just it's every single moment of this film is is a moment of terror and despair for this family. And just like this is a two hour movie, but it took me like four hours to watch it because I just kept having to pause it and just process the the drama. So for me, I is it a movie I'd watch again? No. No, absolutely not. Why would anybody ever want to watch this movie once, again? Once was enough for me like one should be enough for like everyone it's like it makes it's a movie that makes you think but not really think too hard it's like calm there's no like action how is this movie calm in any way Rashad, <laughs> do you want to think about that again it's kind of it's kind of linear the it's like these stay stag like stays the same yeah there's like the whole the course of the movie it doesn't really change the tempo which yes. is something okay, i understand okay. yeah nothing yes. nothing nothing uh ex actually enough stuff does explode near the end of the film so i can't even say that um <laughs> sure okay there's there's no massive battle sequences there's it's not this isn't like a michael bay transformers film but this is one of the most stressful intense movies i've i've seen in a good long while i would not say that it's calm in any way shape or form i would say that it's uh, it's it's like a it's an emotional roller coaster nightmare. It is despair house. Oh. My initial reaction of seeing the first hour of this movie was like, oh my god, this is a linear movie. It's not going anywhere. It's so boring. I don't know what to do. Then I had to pause it for a few minutes, like Noah, <laughs> and I needed someone to talk to about it. So my dad was sitting like right in front of me. Let me have a conversation with him. And then I realized the story kind of parallels my parents' story on how they uh, got married, they moved to the States in the 80s, and how they're navigating their way, uh, having a family with two kids, owning a restaurant, and my dad literally working days and days to make ends meet. And then now later, fast forward, coming to Canada and stuff. But when I went back to watch the second half of the movie, I realized this is an experience that many families face. So a lot of like my family members, my aunts, my uncles, they have stories like this. They come to a different country wanting a better life, making ends meet, and slowly, slowly they start doing well in their life. Within the Asian community too, whether it's South Asian, East Asian, I noticed we don't tell stories like this. 
My parents didn't really tell me stories about how they came here or how they went to the States. Most of the time I have to sit down with my parents, extract information out of them. How did you get here? Like what trials and tribulations? They'd never talk about the sacrifices they have to make to get to where they are now. So that kind of opened my eyes up a little bit to actually having a conversation with my parents to see what they went through to get here. I actually appreciate this movie so much more now because I can relate to it. You kind of, you kind of summed it all <laughs> yeah, up really well yeah. there. I'm just over here talking about how it was like, I hated it because it stressed me out and you're over but here. But you know like, what? This That's is a the... cultural master. I, like I do want to talk about the, the husband, Jacob. I actually was sitting there and I was like, I understand. He wants to like make, he wants to like show his children that, you know, he can make a life other than like sexing chickens, you know? Yeah. So he, I guess, gets this plot of land and he wants to, I guess, make it big for them so he can show that, you know, you can do other things than what you were, than what you started in, mm. in a way. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll add on to that because I think I think one thing that makes this movie so good is is like I said I dislike this movie and I will never watch it again. <laughs> but what I love but I love this movie and it's incredibly well made and 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 everything about it on a on a theatrical standpoint is just incredible. And one of the things that make this movie so good is that every single character is is incredibly authentic and incredibly human. You know, there's no clear oh this is a good person this is a bad person every single one of these characters they're all fighting so many different levels of what they want to do and their financial situation and they're all they're some of the most human characters and realistic characters i've seen in film for a very long time but at the same time when things go bad for them in their life it's so much more impactful and it's it's so much more it, it hurts you and your heart so much more directly that, you know, you have to pause the movie and go stay in your kitchen for a little while or go stare at yourself in the mirror and <laughs> really just process everything happening. Yeah, it's a movie that after you finish it, you just sort of sit there. What did I just watch? But also, that was good. For me, I would stream it only once. It's very relatable. Is it worth the Oscar nomination? Yes. And my um, review is an 8.5 out of 10. So to summarize for me, just be careful with this movie. Definitely stream it, but like you're you're not gonna have a good time. You're gonna appreciate that you watched it and you're gonna appreciate the story, but you're not gonna enjoy this movie. For me, yeah, definitely stream it. Only stream it once though. I, I don't know, I think after you watch it once, that that's enough, but you'll get some, I guess, insights into life in a way. It'll make you think about your family. This has been the NSR Trifecta podcast. We really hope you guys enjoyed listening to our reviews and our ranting and our rambling. Um, we hope you guys tune in next week where we review a brand new show. And thanks for watching. Oh, oh thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for listening. For listening. Not- That's our show for this week. Thanks for joining us. This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery.